Hi everyone, Siobhan Chapman here and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's conversation is primarily focused on the bank's stress test results and the upcoming July policy meeting. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Mike Gord, Asset Allocation Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Mike, good morning. We're happy to have you. Good morning, Siobhan. Glad to be here. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. So let's get started, Mike. Investors were focused on remarks from Fed Chairman Jerome Powell this week. Are there any standout takeaways to speak of, and what are CIO's expectations for the upcoming July policy meeting? Yeah, sure. So in terms of Powell's comments first, um, I don't know that there was anything all that surprising in, in what he said. I, I'd say that for the most part, um, he was at a... He was at a Central Bankers Conference uh, over in Europe this week, and that, that's where he made these public comments. Um, but for the most part, he really largely stuck to his scripts. Uh, he reiterated that the FOMC, um, you know, the, the Open Market Committee, still sees the need to hike interest rates, the Fed funds rate, another 50 basis points this year. So he, he has two 25 basis point hikes in, uh, penciled in. Uh, and this really this echoes his comments uh, after the last meeting, as well as the Fed's forward guidance and dot plot, which was suggesting that there were that the committee saw as many as two additional rate hikes in 2023. Um, so, given that all, uh, you know, there wasn't really a strong market reaction one way or the other after his comments, given they were in line with what was expected. Um, However, still worth mentioning that the market is pricing in uh, roughly a 60% chance of one hike versus 40% chance of two hikes um, versus the two hikes that Powell and the FOMC has guided for. So there is some room for market pricing uh, to move higher as uh, as we get closer to year end and should the incoming data continue to support the need for further rate hikes. Um, so when it comes to the July meeting, our expectation here in CIO uh, has not changed, which is that we see them hiking rates by 25 basis points. So that will mean that uh, they went from 25 in May to pause in June to hike 25 again in July. Um, we think that that's probably a pattern that they will grow more comfortable with, kind of ramping down the pace of increases from, you know, one a meeting to something more along the lines of one a quarter. Um, but again, they're still very data dependent. And unless they see some serious deterioration or, you know, <laughs> exceptional strength, I can't imagine how that would, how that would play through. But, um, between now and then, basically there's this whole, not a whole lot of data, uh, that will be coming in. Uh, so as we get closer to the July meeting date itself, uh, the market will continue to price a, a greater percent chance that they do hike in July. Uh, right now, it's about an 80, 85 percent chance. So I want to stick with the Fed. This week, we received the results from the annual bank stress test. How did the banks fare? Yeah, so, uh, yes, annual Fed stress test on the largest banks, uh, the results we got this week. Uh, there are 23 of these large banks that are tested, uh, and all 23 have passed this year. Uh, the comments, I'd, I'd prefer to just read directly the comments from the vice chair for supervision, Barr, uh, who said, uh, quote, today's results confirm that the banking system remains strong and resilient. At the same time, this stress test is only one way to measure that strength. We should remain humble about how risks can arise 
and continue our work to ensure that banks are resilient to a range of economic scenarios, market shocks, and other stresses. And so those those are his comments, and I really think the second part of that section right there is, is really telling. You know, the Fed and specifically the supervisory functions of the Fed, uh, for which Barr himself is responsible for, they were very, very clearly humbled during this year's, you know, bank failures. Um, and so while the tests that, you know, the test results this week, you know, they don't include tests for these kind of mid-sized and smaller banks that were at the center of this stress. Um, you know, we expect to see some some changes in how the Fed will perform supervisory functions outside of these largest 23 banks. So good news, the largest banks remain in good shape. They're all passing their stress tests. You know, TBD on what new supervisory functionality we'll see in kind of that more middle-sized bank uh, section of the market. Right, absolutely. So moving over to the macro calendar, what were some notable data releases from this past week? First, relating to housing, uh, we got new home sales. Uh, those were up sharply above expectations, uh, about 100K above expectations and 80,000 above last month's uh, print. So that is definitely signaling some rebounding activity in the housing sector, uh, especially when you consider this number alongside <clears throat> the recent jump in housing starts that we got uh, in the last couple weeks as well. So Beyond housing, uh, yesterday we actually got a bit of a surprise uh, with the third revision of first quarter GDP. Uh, so it was previously revised to 1.3%, and <clears throat> excuse me, based on more recent data, uh, economists across the street expected it to be revised slightly higher to 1.4%, uh, but it came in at 2%. Uh, well above expectations, above where everybody, you know, expected it to land. Now, normally markets don't care all that much about revisions this far in the future, you know, where at the end of the second quarter, why do we care about, you know, the third revision to first quarter GDP? Well, it matters now because it has implications for Fed policy. So if the economy was holding up much better than expected, it's reasonable to assume that activity in this most recent quarter, Q2, has also been stronger than initially thought. So this economic strength is what Powell and and the FOMC are really trying to tamp down and bring back under control. So given this print, all else equal, it actually biases towards more rate hikes. And and we did actually see that in market pricing um, for interest rate expectations. They jumped um, 10 basis points on Thursday after this data release. So um, definitely a big surprise there. Um, we also did get some income and spending data this morning. Uh, personal income was a little bit better than expected, spending a little bit weaker, but no clear cracks there. Um, and we got some inflation, the PCE deflator data that the Fed does look at, uh, which came in roughly in, in line with expectations. We'll still be digging down into the details a little bit to see uh, if there were any notable components, but at the top top line level, uh, very much in line with expectations. So, Mike, as we turn to next week, it will be a shorter week due to the holiday. Is there anything that investors should be mindful of? Yeah, so it is a shorter week. Uh, that said, the economic calendar is uh, pretty pretty full. Um, so starting on Monday, we get the survey results from the ISM manufacturing survey. Uh, that'll be, we'll be looking at that <clears throat> to see how manufacturing 
is doing because, you know, the ISM has been below 50 for some time now, so looking for any indications of uh, rebound in manufacturing. Uh, on Wednesday, we get the FOMC meeting minutes, which, you know, of course, we're going to be jumping into to see how the individual members of the committee are viewing the path of, of hike, of rate hikes, excuse me, from here, uh, and kind of what is top of mind for them as they make their determinations. Uh, Thursday, we will get the JOLT job opening numbers. Uh, those remain extremely elevated. Uh, and then we also get the ISM services survey on Thursday. Uh, and, you know, I, the services sector has been holding up uh, better than the manufacturing sector, so we'll see if that uh, if that strength can continue. Excuse me. Uh, and then finally, on Friday, we get the non-farm payroll numbers. Uh, so between those payrolls, the JOLTS job openings, and the weekly jobless claims data that we get every week, uh, next week we will have a much more kind of holistic view of, of the labor market and, and how it's holding up. Um, so a shorter week, but a busy one nonetheless. Uh, that, that covers everything I have for this week, Siobhan. Thanks again for having me on. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us. Looks like we do have a packed week, you know, despite the 4th of July holiday. So thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Happy to. Thanks again, Siobhan. Thank you. Again, today we have been joined by Mike Gord, Asset Allocation Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.